0: Well hello pitchers, welcome back to Pitch Slapped This is the fan-made Pitch Perfect podcast where we just like to cover Literally anything to do with Pitch Perfect My name's Kaylee Hillier and today we're going to be delving into Pitchmas The 25th of December, you thought it was Christmas Actually, it's the time when Pitch Perfect creators can come together it's a huge secret santa thing that they do on tumblr and people who are creators can either offer to write a story for someone or draw a picture or make a gift set and they kind of exchange gifts so it's this big build-up throughout december because they don't know who their pitchmas person is and it's all anonymous they have to kind of ask them what they like find out a little bit of what they want for their present make something, and then on the 25th of December, they then exchange the gifts. Now, whilst this is like a gift-giving thing, the really lovely thing about it is the fact that all the creators who take part share this on social media and on AO3 and on sort of sites like that, Tumblr, fanfiction.net. So if you don't take part, you have the privilege of being able to read all of these stories and see all of the great things that have been created. It's really, really fun. I'm not like creatively minded to take part in Pitchmas. I can't write a story. My drawing ability is uh, interesting. And I've attempted to make gift sets, but I'm nowhere near at the standard where some people are at where they could actually make like a good kind of gift set thing. So, getting to be able to appreciate and enjoy these things that come out and there's so many it's like a big flurry on the 25th of december when all of this stuff comes out and some of them come out a few days after it's like a big kind of gift to the pitch perfect fandom or that's what it feels like to me and it's so much fun to just see what creators have come up with especially because they've worked with prompts things as a gift for someone so they've given them some ideas maybe they've given them a ship that they like whatever it is to create a little gift for that creator and they can exchange gifts so the fact that we get to actually read these and see them and to enjoy the things that have been created is so much fun so I thought because it's just like the bestest christmas present being in the pitch perfect fandom and having pitchmas and because so much was created i thought i'd just do a little bit of a highlight reel of some of the stuff that i liked now there's so much to cover that i am just not going to be able to cover it all i am afraid it's just the way it goes but have no fear because they're all available to look at on Tumblr and on AO3. There are master lists up on Tumblr, on the Pitchmas blog, so you can check out the whole list of all of the fix and all of the creations for Pitchmas right on there. And I can't cover all of them in this episode, so I'm just going to give you, like, a little... just a little insight into some of the stuff that was created, but there is so much more that you can see. There's, you could just ooze out that final bit of christmas through pitchmas before the end of the season and just thoroughly enjoy it so without further ado because there's not been much going on in acting news this week we're not going to even do it they've all been celebrating the holidays so what else do you want me to tell you hayley steinfeld's got some great pictures let's delve into pitchmas (coughs) Secret Santas, wide varieties of snow, Christmas decorations, tooth rotting fluff, and a little bit of the supernatural are all things that are covered in pitchmas this year, Such a variety of stories we saw some meat cutes, we saw a little bit a little bit of Christmas angst in there as well, some fake dating, who doesn't love a good fake dating story i mean it's it's always right there. So many versions of mutual pining and Becca and Chloe getting together. Now, the majority of these are Chloe stories, because that seems to be the way it's gone this year. There was one Corbury story, or Chawbry, however you want to say it. But, yes, the majority are Chloe stories. Becca almost burnt the house down. Chloe hurt her back. I mean, there was a lot of antics going on. Sledding... Cute family moments. Secret dating was in there as well. It was so good. Where on earth do we begin? I think generally one of the things that I enjoy about Pitchmas is... Okay, yeah, you do get a bit of angst, which is great. Sometimes you need a bit of angst. But especially during Christmas season, I kind of like... Just to kind of wrap yourself in a really big warm blanket and... The great thing about Pitchmas is there's this whole bunch of just fluffiness that seems to come with it in so many different forms and enjoyment with that. So there is a whole heap of just fluffy moments. Let's just start off with the cutest family moment. For me, there were a number of stories which looked at Becca and Chloe as a little family. Maybe they've got kids. Maybe they're just kind of just getting together and they live on their own. Maybe the parents disturb what they're getting up to. What do you think it's like in the Buchloe household at Christmas time? Well, there are so many versions of that. We had a story by TMYLM called And As I Look Around Your Eyes Outside This Town, which was like a quintessential family Christmas. There was also Suit Up who did a Merry Crazy Christmas where it just felt like you were kind of reading into moments where just things go wrong. Just family moments where just things just don't go quite right. Deck the Halls with Lots of Panic by Akablomi it was like a Bechloe Christmas. They're just like a newlywed couple. And although they made plans, it seems like Becca's father also decided to make plans. But the one that I wanted to highlight for Family Moment was by Isa Cabrel. We actually read one of their stories last week. And they've done another Christmas one for this Pitchmas called A Little Boy Made a Wish That Day And Santa Claus Could Hear Him Say. I mean, what an intriguing title just to start off with this one. I was so interested in this story. It's like, what? What is this, what's this going to be about? The summary just says, Becca and Chloe's son only has one wish for Christmas, but his mums don't know if they'll be able to grant it. Very intriguing. It was a very intriguing summary. This is available on AO3 if you want to check it out. Now, I will say, if you want a child which is almost just too good to be true, this is the type of story... <laughs> While there are other stories that kind of focus on the the ups and downs of being a parent and, and kids at Christmas, this child in this story, Becca and Chloe's child, is the sweetest thing ever. And you're just there going, oh my word. It's so sweet. It's not a long story, but just all the feels that are in this story. And what I really enjoyed about it was you discover what's happening through as Becca and Chloe try to understand what's going on with their son, because as any parent would do, they want to know what the child wants for Christmas and so that they can kind of make a good Christmas for them. But this year, the little boy doesn't tell them what he wants. And they're getting kind of nervous because it's getting close to Christmas and they still don't know. So they kind of go to great lengths to find out And there's uh, some hilarious moments with uh, Becca and Jesse in a Santa suit. But (laughs) when they do eventually find out about what their their child wants, it's so sweet. And then it adds a whole lot of kind of backstory that gives this story a big backbone and a whole heap of feeling in there as well that you weren't expecting. Like I wasn't quite sure what to expect. When I heard the title and I saw the summary, I had kind of flashbacks to the miracle on 34th street the christmas movie and the kid in there asking for things which are quite unattainable in some senses and i was like oh do you think it's gonna be like that kind of child asking things like that well you just have to read to find out but it's also a little bit heartbreaking when you find out what the child wants for christmas and you're just like oh my word this child is just too good to be true really but it is very cute and just a little inklings of, you know, just Christmas magic. You just need... Sometimes you need a Christmas miracle. This story has it in there. Okay, let's go for the fluffiest... A fluffy fix. There is more than enough fluffiness for Pitchmas to just make you happy. You know, if you just want some good stories... You don't have to really think too hard about them. They're not going to give you too much stress. You got the added bonus of it being Christmas. You got all the warm Christmassy feels. There's a whole load of that for Pitchmas. But there is one story that I just... I just felt exceeded the fluffiness boundaries that I thought were possible. Because this story is just so much fluff. Just when you think you've reached levels of fluffiness that you couldn't exceed, they go beyond that. It's called All I Want for Christmas is You by Please Act Surprised. It's available on AO3 and the summary says, 3 years after Barden, pitch perfect 3 doesn't happen here. But Chloe established relationship post graduation. They still live in Brooklyn in a nicer but slightly bigger studio apartment. Becca is a Christmas grouch, but decides to propose in the most fluffy, Christmas spirit-filled way. Warning, tooth-rotting fluff ahead. Like, they they know how fluffy this fic is. They're not being around the bus They warn you ahead of time that this story is literally, from beginning to end, fluff. Like... Tears and tears of fluff. Like, there's so much fluff and when you think you've had enough of it, no, they're gonna give you some more. One of the things that I enjoy about this story is... It takes little snapshots, and some of it's in kind of Becker's dialogue. Where she goes from being somebody who's not really that into Christmas, even though she's lived with the Bellas and she's she's with Chloe, like, she's still... It's still not something that she's necessarily really, really into. And so... It takes these little snapshots of their relationship in and around the Christmas season. It starts off quite early in the Christmas season because as far as I understand, it just starts off before Thanksgiving. Now, I do have a little bit of a gripe with that because I'm, I'm sorry, but... They start... Like, Chloe starts decorating christmas before thanksgiving that's like the middle of november what the heck that is way too early i have to side with becca on this one and just be like um excuse me this is it's not even thanksgiving yet but okay we'll go along with it and reading how becca comes along to the idea of christmas all because of chloe and her love for chloe is so sweet Especially for Pitchmas, I think a lot of stories you get the idea or the sense that Becca is whipped, let's be fair, Becca's whipped for Chloe. And the lengths that she will go, even though sometimes she doesn't enjoy Christmas or she's really not that into it, the lengths that she will go to make Chloe happy is so sweet. I would be intrigued though, because a lot of these kind of focus on how Becca tries to do things for Chloe, to see some stories coming out of of chloe doing things for becca and and just how the tables would be turned in that way i think it'd probably be easier for chloe i think that's why it's fun to read it from becca's point of view but becca does a lot to go out of her comfort zone to make chloe happy or even to just show chloe how important she is to becca and in this story there are a number of moments where becca really really puts herself out whether it's on thanksgiving the plans that she has to kind of make this all special and as it says in the summary it builds up to this proposal and oh my word because in a number of these snapshots it talks about the fact that these are moments when becca realizes that she's going to marry chloe that she knows chloe's her person even before you get to the day of the proposal, you you already feel like you're topping up on fluff because this is some really, really lovely moments. So when the proposal comes and you read through exactly what Becca has done, I mean, if you didn't have rotten teeth before, this would get you there. It's so good. And there are a number of classic kind of New York Christmas moments, which... I'm so glad they threw in there. It's so cheesy, but you've got to love a bit of cheese. And just seeing kind of these iconic New York moments coming into a big but Chloe proposal, it just fills your heart with love. If you're like the Grinch, and you need your heart to grow three sizes. Rita's story is so good. Let's go from... The fluffiest story to some angst. Let's just take it down a notch. If you're feeling like you've topped up on fluff and you're needing something to just take you back down to Earth. It was a tough, it was a tough call to pick out an angsty story. Because there wasn't a lot of angst. There were a number of stories that did touch on sort of antsy sides of things. When I'm gone by Aka Oblivious did a great story about Becca going to her hometown for a Christmas party and seeing her childhood best friend, which was Chloe, and the inner monologue of that whole thing, and there's a few flashbacks in there, it was so painful and so sad, and it's just like, oh, uh, it's okay, it's okay, you get through it, you survive. It always leads to you in my hometown by iPhone it was a really interesting take on a fic inspired by the Happiest Season movie. Can I just say about this fic? It was slightly horrific to read because Chloe's family is so horrible! Oh my word! I felt so sorry for them, it was just so sad. It's cringy, it just made you cringe. But the story that I wanted to highlight for our little angsty moment is called Christmas Miracle by Snowflake19. The summary says, Becca doesn't believe in Christmas miracles, but Christmas has other ideas. It's available on AO3. This is kind of based after Barden. Chloe and Becca become estranged, and Becca finds herself on Christmas Eve car broken down in a cafe, kind of mulling over where she's at and where she's got to in in her life, and how rubbish everything is, and a little Christmas miracle happens. She's not sure if it's a miracle for a while. And what's really painful about this story is kind of Becca's inner monologue of where she's at and her looking back over parts of her life and the decisions that she's made and why she's made them. And part of you just wants to like smack her head because you just like going, Becca, no, don't do this to yourself. Why did you do this? It's so sad. And you're just like, why? Why have you put yourself through so much misery? And it's a really interesting take because she ends up meeting Chloe in this cafe. And while Chloe's very good at just kind of going along with things and not holding a grudge or trying not to hold a grudge, there are a number of moments when you really want to know what's going on in Chloe's head because you know how hurt she would probably be from the situations that have happened and how confusing that must be for her and so for Chloe to feel that she could invite Becca to her home for Christmas with everything that's happened I think really shows Chloe's character how can you not fall in love with Chloe Beale after something like that Sometimes she's just too good. It does force them to have to face their friendship and look at where they're at and try and figure out and navigate a way forward and whether or not they want to try and find a way forward. They haven't spoken for a long time. Is this something that they should do or not? It's a really, really tough one. But it really kind of leans on to topics that make you question things and then you're just like, have there been times when I've missed the moment or... Will you look back on moments and regret the decisions that you've made or realise that maybe they were bad and trying to avoid them or, or giving you hope that maybe sometimes there are ways that you could rectify those decisions in your own life and maybe have your own little Christmas miracle? There you go. Think about that one. Let's lighten things up with the funniest story that I read during this Pitchmas season. It's called Christmas Interrupts by Becca's Belt. On AO3, the summary says when Becca gets fed up with Amy interrupting her and Chloe's hookups, she decides to fight fire with fire and prove that Amy is hooking up with Bumper. Fluff, feelings and holiday hijinks of all kinds ensue. When you delve into this story, I wasn't expecting it to be as funny as it was because this is like a hooking up story. Becca and Chloe are hooking up. They're not fully in a relationship, and it's a secret to everybody else. Often, when you read stories like this, you're kind of waiting for the the ball to drop. Like you know, this is not going to end well. Hookup stories—they never end that great. Yes, there's going to be a blow up of some sort down the road. And as you read through a story, you do discover that Becca's got feelings for Chloe, and she doesn't know how to interpret them because they've agreed to this little deal. You've got the little bits of pining in there. What kind of ties this all together is this this whole interaction with Amy, because it starts off with Becca and Chloe in bed, and Amy ends up coming in, and so Chloe ends up on the floor having to hide for like an hour because she can't leave. think <laughs> they don't want Amy to find out. Um, and it turns out this is not the first time this has happened. Amy's apparently interrupted them a number of times, and Becca's frankly fed up of it. So she wants to prove that Amy's messing with them and that Amy and Bunker have been hooking up on the side. And so Becky gets a little bit obsessed, totally ready to just call Amy out so that she can have a little bit of privacy and just be able to have her hookups with Chloe in peace. This is all she wants for Christmas, just her opportunity to hook up with the love of her life, even if it's not 100% with all the feelings. So... She goes to great lengths to catch Amy in the act. And what I love about it is you don't know what's going on in Amy's head, so you're just getting this from, like, Becca's perspective. And there are a few moments when you're genuinely reading it thinking, does Amy know? Like, is she just this good at hiding it? Because Becca ends up getting herself in a number of situations if you're just like, oh, Becca... Come on, just just let this one go. Just let this one go. (laughs) Becca is so focused that everything else just kind of falls to the background. And poor Becca doesn't quite see that. And it is just slightly hilarious. There are a number of points in the story where just unexpected things happen. You're just not ready for them. And it catches you so off guard, but it is so funny. There's a little bit where she thinks she's caught them in the act, but she actually catches somebody else in the act. But what's also really intriguing is the fact that on her mission to stop Amy, she kind of becomes her own worst enemy. It's is a lot of fun. And if you just wanted something, just lighten the mood. This is so much fun to read. There's like some unexpected twists and turns in there. A little bit of drama as well, just to keep you on edge, because you need it, but it's so worth it. This is Christmas Interrupters by Becca's Belt. Now, I wanted to throw in a really cute story. There's so many stories that just have like cute bits of Christmas. It's really hard to just pick out one. You've got Tis the Damn Season by Yellowbird on Richland, who just has some great Bella's house Christmas moments that revolve around Becca and Chloe. One of my favourite bits is Becca and Chloe trying to find, like, a Charlie Brown Christmas tree and, uh, comparing it to Becca's size, because she's apparently the perfect size to find the right kind of Christmas tree. Another great one, The First Snowfall by 22 Ty, where Chloe Beale has never seen snow before, and it snows in Barden. Can I just say, just imagine an excitable Chloe And, like, I have had friends who've never seen Snow. I know people who have never seen Snow, and you kind of take it for granted if it's something that you've seen before, and you're like, oh yeah, that's Snow, you kind of know what you're getting. But the excitement of someone who's never seen Snow is quite interesting to watch for the first time. And the whole idea of imagining Chloe Beale as someone who's never seen Snow. Now, Chloe's quite an excitable character anyway, But then add the idea that she's never seen snow. I mean it's adorable. And the lengths that Becca goes to to make her first snowfall a memorable experience is so good. It's just so good. But the story that I wanted to focus on for our cute moment is You're Not Where You Belong Inside My Arms By Thalito underscore 189 The summary says, when Chloe's holiday plans get cancelled, Becca steps in to save the day and maybe steal Chloe's heart in the process. This is kind of set in and around Brooklyn and the Brooklyn apartment. That Amy's not around, and so it's just Becca and Chloe. And Becca turns up at home, kind of close to Christmas. And Chloe was supposed to go to her family for Christmas, she's supposed to be on a plane, but she's not. She's at the apartment, and Becca comes back to a very, very sad Chloe. Nobody wants to have a sad, disappointed Chloe, let's be fair. It's not something you want to be around. And what I love is, for like the moment where she discovers why Chloe's here, why she hasn't gone home, and how disappointed she is, Becca's mind just flips into okay i need to make this right for me it was almost like seeing becca go into captain mode of like solving the problem and sorting it out she doesn't really stop to think that much she makes an excuse to leave the apartment and then she just goes into autopilot okay this is what i've got to do the forward planning of this was amazing and knowing how how much becca probably hates shopping and crowds and Anything like that. But she goes out of her way because of her care for Chloe. And again, you've got a lovely moment where Becca, although she's not together with Chloe, because she cares so much, she's willing to put herself out there for it. And the lengths that she will go to to do that is so sweet. So, so sweet. So, I love it. It's so good. And then the rest of the story is kind of that playing out as she's made these preparations And it's also really interesting to see Chloe's reaction because you've got at least two days of plans that Becca's kind of laid out to make this special. And I think at first you really get Chloe just really appreciating it and and being uplifted from being in a really, really sad place. And then as the story continues, she kind of wants to do something for Becca but Becca's so adamant that she's made all these plans that she wants to do right. Even to the point where she will watch a movie. I mean, she does a lot for Chloe, let's be fair. And then when you reach Christmas Day, it just intensifies a little bit more because it's Christmas. And what I really liked about this is like, although this wasn't perfect, like it's not gonna be the picture-perfect Christmas, that they're able to make it special with the things they have. Like, Becca goes out to the shops like a day before Christmas, two days before Christmas, And she finds anything to make it special and just that whole heap of like Christmas spirit, you know, it's not necessarily about what you have, but it's about what you do with what you have and the spirit that you bring with it and doing it for somebody else and how that can be interpreted. And I I love how Becca's actions are a way of showing Chloe how she feels, whether she knows it or not. Just so cute. There were a number of fake dating stories in Pitchmas this year. We had one where Becca and Chloe go to Chloe's parents' house and they get to meet the family and there's just like all these fluffy moments of Becca meeting the Beals. We don't know much about Chloe's families. The writers can really run with that quite far. But the story that I wanted to focus on was one called Because I'm Strong But I'm Not Bulletproof by Gillian Kane. The summary says, Chloe grabs Becca's hands, turning them over in her own. You just need to bring a date with a rocking hot bod and a killer voice and Jesse will be Tess jealous. Right, Becca agrees, playing along. So just someone who that looks like a supermodel, but also has a top 40 voice. She rolls her eyes swaying into Chloe for a second do guys like that even exist? Maybe not, Chloe allows, but what about me? So you get a little snippet of the fic in the summary and that's all you get, but it's such a great lead-in to this story. Again, you've kind of got Becca and Chloe, I think it's the Brooklyn apartment where they're living and there's this acapella reunion taking place and of course Jessie's going to be there and in the fit, Jesse and Becca have broken up. And Becca's trying to save face for the fact that she wasn't expecting to see Jesse. Apparently Jesse's bringing a date, which is worse. And how is Becca going to face this? And what's really interesting with this story is... I don't think Becca knows how she feels about Chloe through most of the story. And yet, her inner monologue and the things that you read you can see how much she loves her through her actions, through the little ways in which Becca kind of leans into it or allows Chloe to lead the way and kind of guide her since she's known Chloe from from her freshman year. And those little moments where you see Becca kind of clicking into that and recognising, wait, Chloe's kind of been that lighthouse guiding me throughout all these years. And... The story also then shows you that in the way that Chloe leads things or just helps coax things along. And she's very good at getting Becca to the point where she feels comfortable, even if she has to kind of get out of her comfort zone sometimes. Chloe seems to know how to deal with Becca the best and help her relax, help her feel comfortable. It's really, really interesting because Becca just leans into it. Becca goes with it. She probably wouldn't with anybody else because of her character, but with Chloe, it's easy. And that's what kind of, as you're reading, you're just like, how do you not see this, Becca? How much you care for this woman, how much you trust her to do what she does, how much she's guided your life and affected your life or helped you grow, and you don't see how you feel about her. It's so interesting. And how natural it feels for Becca. Like, it's not like she's pushing herself out there too far to make this believable or to make this work. It's so interesting to see it play out. And of course, there's going to be some drama in there. What's really interesting, there are moments where things just naturally happen. And it's through this process of being the fake date or whatever that. Becca comes to realise how she actually feels about Chloe but it takes her not really knowing and then acting to realise how she feels and it it just kind of blows up a little bit in her face but it's really really interesting to read how it all plays out and I really really enjoyed it we also had some stories where Becca and Chloe didn't know each other beforehand and they have some really interesting meet-cutes one story, which I thought was really interesting, is technically not a Pitchmas story, but it has uh, been marked down as a kind of extra to Pitchmas, it was also by Snowflake19, called Christmas Eve with the Ballas, if you haven't read it. It's pretty random and pretty weird, but it is also quite hilarious. But the story that I wanted to do for this category, my favorite meat meet-cute, is called Blue-Eyed Beauty. By embrace on AO3, the summary says, Emily, Becca's stepsister, drags her to the mall to watch the Bard and Bellas perform. And from here, a chance meeting happens. So this is a really interesting take on the characters because they're not in their usual positions. This is kind of an almost an alternative universe. We've got Becca being her typical self, but she's in high school, I think she's in her senior year Emily's her stepsister Emily's still a legacy and her mum was a Bella and they talk about the Bellas and they love watching them and wanting to live through that legacy if you will and obviously Becca being the stepsister doesn't really know anything about that but she's heard about it from Emily and her mum and they keep talking about it and Becca's about to graduate high school and they're like oh you should go and become a Bella like it'll be so good for you and so emily's totally like fangirled up with the bellas she's followed them she's really into them they live near barden so she wants to go to the performances i'm not sure which barden bellas it is that you have on stage i get the impression it's chloe and aubrey in their junior year with those bellas performing but the idea that Becca and Chloe have a meet-cute outside of what happens in the movie is really interesting. And here, you get Becca having to watch the Bellas. And while it might not be Becca's thing, she suddenly finds herself fixated on a particular Bella and loves watching them. And so she starts to appreciate maybe the performance from that point of view instead. You get some very... Cute, typical Emily junk moments, but also as a sister and her care for Becca. Maybe they're not blood related, but Emily still really loves her as a sister, and so Emily like watches out for her sister. She's she's there. She's got her back. It catches you a little bit by surprise. This story as well, because you think everything's going to happen in the mall, but it doesn't, and things kind of play out a little bit differently. But I love the way that they meet, and typical Chloe just is confident as ever. I liked to think as I was reading this story and imagine, because of what happens, the idea of what could have been if they had met before Becca went to Baden and the pressure of becoming a Bella. Like, would Chloe have been different if she wasn't stressed about trying to recruit Bellas and had just met Becca? And this meet-cute happened. She met a cute cute girl in a bar or in a mall and how that would play out. This is like one story I was like, I really would love to know what happened next. Like, how would that first date go? Or would Becca choose to go to Barden if she knew Chloe was there and they kind of started dating or whatever? Like, I don't know, but I was so intrigued to know what happens next. And the final story that I wanted to highlight for our Pitchmas roundup is a story that completely caught me by surprise. I was not expecting anything like this for Pitchmas, but oh my word, I am all here for it. The story is called If You Lead, I Will Follow by HRM Dream. And this story is so unexpected because it's his own little universe and what i love about it is it's so thought out for just a pitchman story like i dread to think how much work they have gone in to create this i'll give you the summary to just give you a little bit idea of the story the summary says becca and chloe are students at barden school for the gifted where young supernaturals like fairies vampires and lichens are taught to control their powers already brimming with magic. What more can happen at the school when the yearly winter solstice festival comes around and, oh yeah, a young fairy goes missing? So this author has literally crafted and created a whole supernatural universe. Like, that's a lot of work. That is a lot of work to craft this. And I love seeing how they've placed all the characters in there giving them their own powers and personalities and backstories. And as you read through it, first of all, just the first section of the story, you are drawn into this world, not really knowing what's happening. And it starts off quite dramatic, like it draws you in straight away. The way that they describe things and take the time to set the scene and give you a real good sense of how the characters are feeling and having this big kind of boom dramatic beginning then leads you really well into the characters and kind of what their life is like at school but at the same time you've then got this kind of fear hanging over you because of what you're waiting to happen or you're kind of fearful that there's going to be this big dramatic moment at some point what astonishes me with the story is the amount of thought they have put into the characters. This story works so well because of the backstory that they've placed and the high stakes that come because of that. Now, I am astonished that this is a pitchman story and the fact that it is apparently only going to be two chapters long. Bearing in mind that at the moment of recording this podcast, there's only one chapter, but they have said that it's going to be a two-parter so there's another chapter to come and I literally cannot wait to read it as I was reading this story it reminded me of a big classic the Chloe story called Midnight Sunshine by Red Coco Panda on fanfiction.net which is an epic story like seriously that story is is so deep with so many twists and turns and thought out characters I mean it's like 31 chapters so it it has the breathing room to really go quite in depth for 31 chapters into these characters. So the idea that somebody has kind of taken on that challenge for a two-chapter fic astonishes me. It's only been one chapter, and I have already drawn into these characters, and the amount of stuff they've packed into the story so far, I just I'm so intrigued to see what happens. And I just, I am like praying that things go well because there's so much at stake and it's really heartbreaking to see where some of the characters are at, how they've laid out the relationships. One of the things that I really liked with this story was Becca and Chloe because instead of them having say a meet-cute and meeting there they have this whole deep backstory between them, which is painful and sad and also astonishing at how deep their relationship goes. And there's the idea that throughout the story that maybe fate's going to bring them together in some way, I don't know, I'm just saying, is really interesting. you got quite a snarky Becca. Chloe has got a whole heap of... Uh, anguish i feel like on her side which is really interesting to see her play out and with this complex world where there are different opinions on how the supernaturals should re- interact and how different types of supernaturals get along or don't get along how this whole world has kind of built up to this moment and just when you're like not expecting it, another character will be thrown in there. I Like, Emily was a great one to have, you kind of get illusions of Emily through the story and then she pops up. And it's like typically Emily Junk, but as a vampire, Emily is still cute as a vampire. I don't know how she achieves it, but she does. I didn't know that for Pitchmas I needed a supernatural vampire, fairy, lichen story I can't wait to see what happens, and if you want something that's just totally different but is so deep, this one is well worth it. If you lead, I will follow by HRM Dream. That's my roundup for our Pitchmas fix for this year. There are still so many more that I haven't highlighted, and if you haven't had a look, you can check out all of the fix from Pitchmas via the tumblr blog it's called Merry Pitchmas and they have a list on there of all of the fix a master list of all of the fix that have been written for Pitchmas this year there's also two artists who have done artwork for Pitchmas including Golden Goldfish on tumblr who has done such an intricate picture of a moment and I just love the difference between the two personalities of Becca and Chloe that you get in this picture. It's so good. Even the feature of a yellow cup. What more do you want? And also the horribly slow murderer who's done a little version of a photo shoot of Becca and Chloe. They have a magical way of, of being able to make Becca quite confident. And it was so lovely to get a little glimpse of that and the idea that a confident becca could throw chloe off seeing chloe blush especially for a image was so much fun and this picture set made me smile so much they're both on tumblr if you want to check them out thank you so much for listening for today i hope that you have a fantastic new year I'm excited to delve into New Year for Pitch Perfect and see what we're going to get up to. If you want to take part, I will be doing a year roundup very soon on the podcast and we'll be looking for your favourite fix of 2020. If you have a favourite fix, you can message me on any of our social media platforms. I am on Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at pitch slapped Pod. Let me know what your favourite fic of 2020 was. That's it from me. I'll see you next time, pitches.